caller, you're on the air. Hello? Hello, how are you? I'm very good, how are you? Good, how can I help you? I just wanted to call and say thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, this is John Edward calling. I'm so humbled that you invited me on your show. Thank you so much, and good luck. Thank you. you you're the best. All because right. that's, you are All so right. right. You're right on the team. You have not said nothing that I don't know anything about. Your colors are fantastic. That's wonderful. You know, I feel a lot more comfortable. I felt good tuning in. Uh, I just got good energy when the reminder of the show came across my profile. And uh, the fellow hosting it has had really great guests and good energy. And, you know, it it, it feels really good. Uh, May everybody's heart's desires uh, be divinely blessed. Good. Good. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for giving me a chance to be on your show. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you so much, Tori, for joining me. Oh, it was a pleasure. We could have done two hours, Michael, you know? <laughs> One more. One okay. More. Please, don't be me. It is you, dear, 727. Oh my God! I was, I was talking to anybody. <laughs> you were talking to Michael. Oh I my was God. talking. Wow! Hello, everybody. I'm so glad to have you all listening in tonight. And I, it's a long night already. A wonderful night. Interesting night. I had, um, of course, I had messages from Spirit over at the center today. Anyways, you're listening to Be The Light Now Radio, and I'm your host, Reverend Michael. Hopefully, uh, you're all ready for a wonderful show. I know Spirit's been active today. Oh, my God, they were playing with our computers, and they just kept coming through. I even had a 9-11 fireman who was first on the scene come in tonight. Woo, what an experience. We'll talk about that another time. Like I said, we have some wonderful guests coming on. 
and let me find her in the switchboard here. I got all my tabs are all in the wrong spot on me, and all of a sudden I got totally backwards. I'm getting totally lost. Let me move them around. I hate when I do that. Have all the tabs set up in a certain way so I can work the switchboard and the room and all. So there we go. So, anyways, help me welcome to the show, Dr. Valerie. Hello, Dr. Valerie. Aloha, Reverend Michael. So, how are you this evening? I'm fantastic, thank you. So, tell everyone a little bit more about yourself. I am a naturopathic physician, and I offer shamanic type of healing across the world. And as a naturopathic physician, I'm a licensed naturopath, so I've gone to medical school, but I tend to go more on the metaphysical side of healing. And what does that entail? It entails, as a doctor, it was regular medical school like any medical school. The difference is that with my great fortune of having people in my life, like Jean Hafford, who started the, uh, a, met the, one of the first metaphysics churches in Los Angeles, she became my mother of choice. I studied with great people such as the Kaser, or Edgar Casey Foundation, Bernard Jansen, some of the great masters. I've also had the great fortune of having healers from all over the world that I've been able to work with, Wallace Black Elk in the Lakota tradition. In Hawaii, I worked with a kahuna. He could touch the blind and they could see, the cripple could walk, Papa Ka'alakea, and many, many others that showed me that it's not the medicine it's the pule, it's the prayer that heals. And I've seen that to be true, although the medicine always does help a little bit. Yeah, I need a little bit of the medicine that we have. That's why, um, you know, all the chemicals are here, all the herbs and everything that we get a lot of the medicines from is so it can uh, help us help us heal our bodies. Yes, yes. The From my experience of all of it is, I love, uh-huh. I love what you've done with your show, to to be the light, because that's really what is the healing property. When people get in touch with that light within themselves, and for an example, when I was younger, I became critically ill, and I died twice, and they did CPR, brought me back. But in that process, I had you know the near-death experiences and saw the light, walked in the light, that whole story. And when... The second time I was told that when I was sent back to Earth by the beings that were up there in the light, they said, um, teach that you don't have to have a crisis to be the light. And so that's what I try to do with people is to remind them that the light is within themselves and with some tools, we foster that light and see absolute miracles happen. So what do you think causes disease? Well, it's a, we, when we approach things like this as a naturopath, especially we look at the mind, the body, and the spirit. So if we look at just the body, we have to look at environmental issues. So uh, right now in Maui, let's say, we've been dealing with a, a water situation of country for years where they're putting chemicals in it to protect from lead coming out of the pipes, and it's caused a lot of 
physical problems. So there's the external factors. And the environment being the first one, the chemicals we're using around our house, in our yards, pesticides, herbicides, the foods that we're eating, such as genetically engineered foods, uh, they're not even food and um, processed foods that can remain in a package. Like my grandson had some apples from McDonald's one day, and they were in a plastic little sack, and I left them out on the counter for seven days, and they didn't even turn uh, brown, and that was the chemicals that they put on it. So we've got those kind of factors that affect the body, And then the mind, there's a consciousness that I find with disease. One is, uh, for an example, there's a cancer consciousness. It's passed down in the family. Uh, And in in intakes in medicine, we often, well, most doctors will say, is there family history of a certain disease? Well, then it's almost like, well, my dad had this, so... Uh, I might have this, and I probably will get it. And I had a girlfriend actually die from a cancer that her sister at the same age had that cancer, and her mother at the same age had that cancer. All three of them died at the same age. And so the mental component of disease is we are what we think, and to constantly be tweaking those thoughts so that they're more positive and then the spirit aspect of of healing which is in in the culture of the united states there's been uh there's a lot of people that have perhaps never had the opportunity to really really be connected to spirit perhaps they're connected to religion the dogma where it's the Bible says this, or the Quran says this, or whatever, but the incorporation of the truth, the knowingness, hasn't really incorporated into the cell so that the person operates from their highest vibration, their highest truth, in in harmony with the divine or whatever you want to call that. So it's a complex kind of thing, but uh, disease is disease out of harmony. And I find that most things can be turned around fairly easily, although it doesn't mean like perhaps that you'll live longer, but you have a better quality of life. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, I, I tell everyone that too is, um, you know, when uh, – you know, I talk about it on the show, and I was told uh, 24 years ago I had, um, you know, I have a disease that, you know, back then, you know, not many people survived. And, you know, and I was given two years to live, and I laughed. I said, eh, I'm going to be here when you retire. Mm-hmm. And here it is now, you know, 20, uh, 23, 24 years later, and I'm still around and still kicking and doing good. I'm so glad that you're still around and that you're sharing your story because people need to hear that. When I was just recently in Bali, and I was treating a woman that had uh, paralysis and she couldn't talk and and they said she had a brain tumor. And when I put my hands on her, I didn't feel a brain tumor. I didn't feel cancer in her body. I didn't sense that. 
And so I ask, let me see the MRI. I want to see the x-rays. Let me see everything. I bring it in, and I'm looking at this stuff, and I'm like, she doesn't have a brain tumor. She has a disc that's um, got some problem in her neck, and she had a tumor in her lung or a spot in her lung, but I didn't see a brain tumor. So I started, and I told the family, I said, I don't think she has that. I think it's a misdiagnosis. And so I'm treating her with homeopathy and healing, different kinds of healing modalities, and and she's responding so quickly, it's unbelievable. And um, then I didn't tell her that I did see a spot on the lung. So after a few weeks, I said, um, would you go and get a chest X-ray? And so they did. They got a new chest X-ray, and the lungs were absolutely clear. So it was like, did I give her permission to be well? I think so. Or was it just a fluke? I don't know. But, man, I see it all the time. It's it's more often not. It's the diagnosis that kills the people. It's not the disease. It's the diagnosis. Yep. Yeah, I have to agree with that. And um, also, I think it was uh, about eight years ago, I was diagnosed uh, in a section of the body as being precancerous. It was at the early stages of cancer. I told the doctor, I said, just cut it out, get rid of it. And he's like, well, you're taking it well. I said, it's just another little bump in the road. I said, it's not going to get me. I said, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and go through it. And that's the way I treat anything, and I tell people that. It's, you know, if you're worried about your health, you're going to end up bringing that in. I said, but, you know, have permission to go ahead and release it. Exactly. And and that's where I'm I'm hearing on some level you just were so directed and knowing what you needed to do. And if we create ceremony around the disharmony that's happening in our body, for an example, I had a woman that had come one time referred to me by a, a practitioner, a massage therapist, something. And the massage therapist said, um, I, she's got something growing in her belly and I don't like it. And when I got, when she got to my office, only like maybe six hours later, there was something growing. And I watched it grow on the table. And it was in her abdomen and it got bigger and bigger. She looked like she was about nine months pregnant. When I did an exam, a pelvic exam, there was part coming out of the vagina, and uh, I got pretty scared. And and in this process, though, I said, have you ever been sexually abused? And she said, I just remembered this morning that my father had raped me when I was a child. And so I'm holding the space for that whole story and and then we pulled in some of her friends and then I called my surgeon at the hospital and I said hey buddy this is what I have going on here can you help me and he said yeah bring her right in so I took her into the ER he looked at her he said we've got to get this thing out I don't know what it is but we got to get it out and I told him the story about her remembering the sexual abuse this morning right and he said well, I know what we need to do. We need to remove that. And so he talked with her. I wasn't in the room when he did it. He talked with her and said, we are going to remove any essence of rape in your body by removing this tumor. And they took her uterus. And, you know, she thrives today. 
just and it was such a beautiful ceremony claiming her wow. power. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um let's see, pull it up here. What is uh your philosophy? My philosophy is that everyone has the 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 freedom to be who they are. And sometimes we've just forgotten it. Forgotten that we have this freedom. Even like Mandela in the prison in Africa, he he never saw himself as being imprisoned. And if I when I'm working with people, if I can get them to remember that they are free. And usually the thing that's keeping them in bondage is beliefs or stories that they tell them tell themselves or even family history and it and it affects all the areas of life and i use the bagua in feng shui to look at a person i look at their financial world their recognition in the world their love and relationships children and creativity health and family, their spiritual life and self-knowledge, their service to the planet, which we call the career, and travel and helpful people. And I have them sit down and look at the Bagua. And, and, and in the center of the Bagua, I say, what is your greatest strength? And so they go through this, and then they say, oh, you know what? I'm really good at love and relationships, but I'm not very good at, with my money. So then we look at, okay, what is your strength? So the other day this woman said her strength was play. We brought play into her financial aspect of her life and made it more fun. And it was, she had amazing results in just a short period of time because she changed the tapes that she had inside of her mind that money meant that she had to work hard and that she had to, um, and, and she came from a family where there was always lack. And so she changed it to having a lot of fun. And, wham, it changed. Wow. So um, I was seeing on your website you mentioned uh, New Start. Oh, yes. Yes, the New Start is actually from the Seventh-day Adventist, Seventh-day Adventist Church that I learned when I was in medical school. So we start with nourishment and nutrition and exercise, which now I call expression, water, and S is for sunshine, and uh, smiling. And T is for uh, uh, temperance, which means moderation. And air is for breathing. And R is for rest and remembering, remembering your truth. And T is for trust. And when we look at the new start, nourishing the mind, the body, and the spirit. And through my years of evolution, what I have found, the the biggest thing that I have personally missed in my life is play. It's been too serious. And so now I really, really pull in the elements of how can we nourish ourselves with food. And with food, I I encourage people to eat a rainbow every day. Eat the colors of the rainbow. And when you make food, make the foods that you like to play with. 
so um, bright colors and and finger foods. Forget the fork and the spoon. Get in your food and have fun with it. And um, and then also with food, it's uh, have a relationship with the fresh foods. Uh, grow your own as much as possible. And if you can't grow it, get organic. And one of my mentors, Jeannie Hafford, she said to me when I told her, I said, I can pay 39 cents for broccoli down at Safeways, and it's a dollar 39 down at the health food store. And she says, pay now or pay later. And I found that to be true. And uh, the foods that are organic are live, and to eat live food as well, so sprouts and things like that. I'm not a raw foodist, and I don't promote it unless you have the proper digestion, but getting sprouts and things like that in your diet every day and getting the colors are very nourishing to the body. And then when we move into expression, which is exercise, dance, creativity, play, get together and giggle, you know, and... um Laughter is one of the best medicines that we have. And once we get the body moving with laughter, it heals spontaneously. And we've, there's enough proof out there with that. So that's kind of my my premise of the new start. If you do these simple things of nourishing yourself and breathing. Oh, my gosh. I put up breathing signs and still do to remind me, take a breath. Drop down into that belly and just let the oxygen get to the brain. And it's interesting, many years ago they found that if you give oxygen therapy to chemotherapy patients, they do better. So they actually have now, you can order, not oxygen that you inhale, but you can get oxygen pills, you can get um, oxygen supplements, or you can just breathe. It's pretty cheap. Yep. As long as, uh, if, you know, when you're um, inside of the city limits, so like if you're in New York and all, it's kind of rough to go ahead and try to breathe in that city air. It is. And in your homes, I do encourage people that are living in environments like that to have good hair, air purifiers. And there's a lot of different kinds out on the market, of course. And then ozone is also another thing that is helpful and in balancing out the smog and the air pollution situation. But um, if we were to sit in a circle uh, of people, you will see most people are breathing relatively shallow and from the upper part of their chest. And uh, to get a good breath, you need to be breathing with your belly, a yoga breath, and... um, like people that smoke cigarettes. Somebody asked me one time, well, it's a real terrible thing. And I said, I don't see it as all that bad because at least the people are breathing. And that's the one thing about cigarettes is is that you're at least you're inhaling, where a lot of people don't even take in a breath. They They hold their breath. There's hardly any breath. Now, I do not promote cigarettes. And if people do smoke, I try to get them over to something like um, in, um, Native Spirit or something like that. But the breath is so important, and that's 
one of the tools that I have for people that are smoking is to use a straw. Run around with a straw in your mouth, and then you will get the inhaling part, which is what the what the body wants is the oxygen. Because when you inhale with cigarettes, you do get some oxygen as well. So that's one of the tools in the tool bag I have to offer. Speaking of smoking, how would you recommend somebody quit? That that. The first thing they want to do is decide that they really want to for them, not for somebody else. And then if they really want to quit smoking, um, there's um, some herbal tinctures out there that they're no smoking, they call them no smoke or something like that, and they have lobelia in it, and that blocks the nicotine receptors in the brain. And it works really well. And then the other thing is to look at what the cigarette does for them. And it's a it's a beautiful way for protecting them. The smoke creates a barrier. So looking at what what are they afraid of and and journaling, drawing pictures. I find in journaling words are really good but pictures bypass certain parts of the brain. And so if they can get in touch of what it is that they're trying to protect themselves from. And then the physiological uh, withdrawals and all of that is um, lots of green foods, and especially chlorophyll, liquid chlorophyll, will help detoxify the body as well as... um, purify the body, detoxify the body, and build up the body so that they can get through that uh, withdrawal part. Yeah. Yeah, quitting smoking is really hard to do. It took me uh, took me a little while, but I used a Nicotrol inhaler. Yes. And, um, you know, after about uh, two months or so, I realized, you know, I was using it less and less. And finally I was like, I don't even need this anymore. I kept forgetting it. I was working with a woman the other day, and I put her on the blood type diet, if you're familiar with that, eat right for your blood type. And she was about 30 pounds overweight, and I said, you know, go off of wheat, go off of gluten. And she said, oh, no problem. And I said, okay, call me in three days. And she called me in three days, and she said, I quit smoking, I've quit drinking, I've quit other drugs, but I am not doing well with this and the addiction the body has with gluten is even stronger than cigarettes and if we look at the the products that are subsidized by the United States government alcohol, tobacco, wheat and sugar and wheat and sugar are two of the biggest culprits in our world today, of why we have so many diseases. It definitely is. It creates a lot of problems for us. Yeah, it does. Well, they subsidize, and that helps with the pharmaceutical companies, too. Yeah, it's a big loop. Yep. It's a big loop. Unfortunately. It is. and But, you know, from my experience is that people are... Not all, 
but there's a huge part of the world that are like I don't they've watched their grandparents die from medications or surgeries or they've watched their parents or perhaps a loved one or they personally have their own story like you have your story, I have my story and where we are doing it differently. And there are so many tools available with the Internet. You can go on and you can search and find so many tools to turn to to deal with everything that's out there. But the most important thing is, do you really want to get well? And then it's that's a game in the, it's a game in the mind. I call it mentally masturbating. I can't believe how the stories or the tapes that are in my mind keep me in these certain patterns of disharmony. And to have the courage to face these things and then the willingness to make steps to move out and out of old behaviors into new behaviors. And that's where I think it's important to have friends, have support system, have a good support system. Yeah, because if you don't have a support system, uh, it's it's not really going to you're not going to succeed in any of it. Well, I find that we tend to be pretty alone in our world. I heard uh, a, a man from a church speak one time about this internet stuff we've got going on. This was a long time ago, and he says, "Yeah, we're we're all connected on the internet, but we still cry alone." And I thought that was so powerful. Because it's true, you know, it's, there's, this fear of intimacy is still prevalent in our world. And as we, we learn to trust one another, then uh, we, we create communities that are safer. And an emergence that I'm seeing out there in the world is that, there's community centers coming out. I, there's a doctor up in Portland, Oregon, that Dr. Myers has been trying to rent one of her her office spaces for years to other doctors. And nothing worked, nothing worked. And she finally, she put in a group of women that are just serving women and families and their men. And this place is now just picked up. The traffic is there because they have a safe place where they can go. And they can nurture one another. They can feed one another. It's definitely what we need. Yeah, it's definitely what a lot of people need is that uh, nurturing and, um, you know, where they can feel uh, comfortable being around other people. We all want to be connected. But we all have our stories of why we stay separate. And I think that's one of the things that disease does, is it really does put us sometimes into a uh, community. So I'm going to just touch HIV for a moment, if I may. Years ago, it was the people that were getting better from HIV with different kinds of treatments, they had the guilt because they got better and they weren't any longer part of this social structure that was set up as a support system for HIV people. And so um, what I have seen, like we have 
chronic fatigue syndrome support groups. We have support groups for this, support groups for all these diseases, right? I like to see support groups for having giggles, having fun, having uh, art nights. I meet up with a group of women where I am right now, and we all just pull out a piece of fabric and start creating with uh, maybe a sweater or making knitting together or things like that, where it's much more beneficial creating something rather than sitting around and looking at what the problem is. Although I'm not saying don't go to these support groups because the support groups are good because we need to have support. But I'm seeing the emergence of a new kind of support group where it's, let's have fun. Yeah, definitely need uh, needs that. Uh, need to go out there and be able to laugh and uh, and enjoy life. Mhm, mhm. And express yourself through art, through poetry, through music, dance. When people do that, everything changes. Everything changes. I have to agree, definitely. Um, you know, you have to because uh, you know I've gone ahead and, and gone to some of the support groups, and they, all they teach you is you know they want to talk to you and teach you is how to. Uh, uh, about death and dying, how to go ahead and die and how to prepare. And I'm like, you know, uh, you know, we don't have to prepare to die. It's like, teach me how to live with this thing. Exactly. That, you know? the, the other day I was talking to one of my girlfriends and I said, um, I was having kind of a flare-up of an old injury. And, and I said, you know, I'm really scared right now. And she says, what are you afraid of? And I says, well, I don't think I'm afraid of dying because I've done it before. And you know, twice, it's I, I, it's not that bad a deal, right? And I said, I must be afraid of something else. And then the next day I woke up and I went, I'm afraid of living. I'm afraid of being as great and as beautiful and as dynamic as I am. And it was like, oh, my God, a whole new paradigm for me to operate from. So once I recognize I'm afraid of living, then it's like, okay, well, what is living? How do I want to live? And my girlfriend says, you know what? I'm going to use my child within, my little girl within me, my child, me as a child, to run my life. So today we went shopping and we made a vow to one another that when we went in the shop, we were going to let our little girl lead the way. And it was a lot more fun. Oh yeah, definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's what I try doing every day too. Is you know just enjoying life and um, you know uh, being grateful for everything, everything that you experience. Yeah, and and I have to be honest. I remember learning all this metaphysics stuff when I was in my twenties, and uh, they're saying live and laugh and uh, all these kind of things. I didn't know how to play. I was raised in a family where we worked. That's all we did. You worked, you worked. I started working when I was nine years old. And our our worth was based on what we were able to accomplish in our work. I used to be in construction. Then I became a doctor. I remember one day I was talking to my mother, and I was doing amazing things in my practice and involved in the government, making major changes in the health system in Hawaii, 
working on some huge environmental issues. I was doing all kinds of amazing, exciting things. And I was talking to my mom, and she says, and how many patients did you see today? And I just went, oh, my God. We're back to my worth is based on how much I do. And so shifting that into a different paradigm of the service, whatever the service is to be, is is to be fun. If we can just make life more fun. And if you don't know how, the way I learned is I went to the pool. I lived across the road from a hot springs. I went to the pool and I watched the children. And I watched how they played. And then I started mimicking what they did. And then when I li- lived in Hawaii, when I moved to Hawaii, I went to the beach and I watched families play and then I started mimicking that and I learned how to play and I actually became a professional clown in the process by watching children laughing at me as a clown is making fun of me at a medical clinic because I was so uptight you know doctor and as the children were laughing I realized I need to learn what that clown knows. So I became a professional clown. And I still use that in in my activities of daily living. If it's not fun, I don't do it. Yeah, I try doing uh, things like that when I do readings. Mm. Try to, you know, to relax and, uh, you know, and uh, and I'll say um, some really strange things during readings and only get people laughing. And, you know, it's important to realize, you know, whether it be... uh, you know, a psychic reading or messages from spirit or even a loved one that, um, you know, they want us to relax and have fun. Yeah. So I try bringing a little bit of that in when uh, when we go ahead and do some readings and, you know, all of a sudden I'll say something off the wall and everyone starts laughing and it's like, you know, you gotta you got to relax and enjoy life. you got to have some humor in things. Mm, that's really wonderful. And you're able to that quickly just discern it and go, oh, we need – we need to use the the humor here, eh? That's yeah, it'll be um, you know the spirit will come through and they'll say mm-hmm. something and uh, you know and I'll just go ahead and say it out and it's just totally you know off the wall and everyone will just start laughing. You know, I I want to kind of build on that, Reverend Michael, if I may. Sure. I think you've just said something that people really need to hear is that you are hearing spirit. And you're trusting yourself that you're hearing spirit, and you have the courage to say what spirit says for you to say. I have people asking me all the time, can I study under you? Can I learn what you know? Because I want to be psychic like you. I want to do all this stuff. And I I said, you already are. Everybody is. We all have our strengths, maybe more like I'm more of a seer, but I also hear and taste and smell and feel, and perhaps you're more of an empathist or whatever. And but to trust what you're getting, the message you're getting, and then bring that forth in a way that you know that they can handle. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and you've got to trust that. Like I was doing a pap one time on this woman, and and I'm down doing the whole thing, you know, and 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 spirit saying, ask her about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, 
And I'm going, this isn't the time to do this, Spirit, you know. And and Spirit kept on saying it. And if it's three times, if Spirit says three times, ask about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I better do it, right? So I said, I kind of slowed down what I was doing, and I said, you know, what does peanut butter and jelly sandwich mean to you? And the woman had an absolute breakdown on the table. I stopped the exam. I wrapped her up in my arms, and she shared the story of a molestation, and and it involved a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And this woman had this amazing healing because spirit kept on saying peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I said, this isn't the right time. We really don't need to be talking about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches right now. But it was the right thing to do. Yeah, she needed to go ahead and uh, let let loose and uh, and do the cleansing. Yes, yes. And then you know it it is a process as we heal and the stories, like that woman. You know, okay, is it an instant healing? Perhaps uh, I know John of God from South America. When he would come to Hawaii, he could see fewer patients because in America we have a huge attachment to disease, to not being well, where in South America in Brazil they just go up, they touch them on the head and they're healed, right? So the philosophy in our culture is a lot different. I had a psychotherapist come up to me one time at a a Sufi conference and she said, Valerie, how are you so successful in your practice? You just... You do so well. And I said, I go right to the heart of the matter. And she says, well, what does that mean? And I said, I don't I don't want to hear a story. I'm not story-oriented. If they come to see me, they want to get better, this is what needs to be done, and we just go in and we fix it, right? And she says, well, what do you do with those people that just want to tell the story? And I said, well, I have to refer them out. And she reached in her pocket and she said, would you send them to me? She says, that's how I make my living. And I said, so how long do you see a patient? She says, well, have patients that have been with me maybe 20 years. And I went, wow, well, good for you. I can't do that, although I do have patients that have been with me for 20 years because I've been there when they were conceived and I've helped deliver and I've been their doctor throughout the years. But I don't create a, a dependency. Um, it's not good for me and it's not good for them, Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. Um, and that happens so much even with me doing uh, psychic readings. So many people get uh, dependent on you and, mm-hmm. um, you know, want to go ahead and, and take every word that you say seriously. Well, and it's like, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that, you know, people need to um, realize, you know, they need to make their own choices and their own decisions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and they they ask as they're asking that, I think of a flower essence that's really helpful in that situation. When I have my clients that come to me that are constantly asking me, well, Valerie, what do you think about this? And I'll say, well, what do you think about that? You know, what's your sense about that? Well, I don't know, but what do you think, Valerie? What would you do? What would you do? The the flower essence for that is serato, C-E-R-A-T-O. And it helps people come home. And when I say home, it's little h, capital O-M, little e, 
home, home to their truth, so that they're not looking on the outside for the answers, that they're finding it inside. Yeah, and that's where all the answers lie is um, inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I also know from my personal experience, I need support. I get scared sometimes. I need somebody there that can just give me that little booster. Uh, just when I was talking to my girlfriend the other day with his old injury flare-up, and she says, Valerie, I just have a sense that it has something to do with, like, a crescent moon. And she said that, and I took off like a wild horse, and I went, oh, my God, that's it. It's the crescent moon, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I came back to my little casita, my little house, and, and I did some writing about it, and it's actually going in one of the books that I'm doing about cycles, cycles of the moon. And cycles in our life. And we revisit things sometimes, such as this pain in my side came around because right now I'm doing my spring cleansing program and I'm revisiting old things. And it's Mercury retrograde. It's time to revisit things, right? And so as I revisit, then I release, let go, and allow the presence, the power, the beauty, the the truth of now to operate freely in my life. Sorry, I got distracted there for just a moment. Mm-hmm. So you do most of your work in um in Hawaii? I did. I had a practice there for about 18 years, and then one of my clients, one day, a very prominent client said, uh, "Valerie, what's your dream?" And I said, "Gosh, I want to write my books." And he said, "What do you need to do that?" And I said, "I need a place where I don't have to work." And he says, "Well, I have that. It's yours." He gave me a home, and um, so I closed my practice in Hawaii, and I moved to California, and this this family took care of me. They've sponsored me for as long as I needed to. I wrote 18 books, 19 books, something like that in a period of a year. And then uh, one day, oh, my daughter was pregnant, and we found out she had twins, and she there was some complications. So I ended up going to Idaho for nearly eight, eight months helping with the situation with two little premature little ones. They're fine now. But um, when I got back from that, I couldn't get back into writing. I didn't really want to go back into practice. So I got on a plane and I went out in the world and started offering free medical care. And I've been traveling. I traveled for a year in indigenous cultures and went to, like, one of my first places I went to. I went back to Hawaii, but then I went back to Samoa. I went to Samoa and worked with the natives there, getting them back into their native plants, took the children up on the mountainside. I was in the tsunami area where they were hit by a tsunami, and we went up and found the herbs that would treat the different diseases they were seeing. And then I just went from country to country and uh, offered my my assistance 
and I had some sponsors that were helping me out financially during this process and um, did that for a year. And now I'm back to California writing, finishing up, and then I'll be heading out again to do the same for another year out into the world. So that keeps you busy. Uh, Definitely keeps you busy. It does, and it's really exciting. And I feel like I've finally achieved what I'm really doing, and that is uh, being in a very organic environment, such as when I was in Samoa and these children, we went up on the mountain. One of the grandmothers had a a staph infection. They were going to amputate her arm like the next week. And we went up on the mountain. We found the herbs, and we brought them down. We wrapped her arm up with the herbs, and I did some homeopathy. She also had dysentery. The next day, the dysentery was gone, and within two weeks, her arm was completely healed. That's that's so amazing. <laughs> that is it is amazing how um, the different herbs and everything uh, and different things can do to to treat our bodies. Yeah, and the other thing that they did, there were about twelve or thirteen children, and grandmothers laying on the floor on the ground, and um, I told the children to each one of them touch their grandmother and sing a song in their language. Ah, the language, that's very important. I'll get back to that. And so they did. And I watched a tear come out of grandmother's eyes and then another tear. And then she just started bawling. And when she started crying, I knew she was going to be fine. But the most important thing that I saw there, and then I went to New Zealand and I saw it there, and then I was with uh, the Thai people in their native language, and Micronesia, their native language, it's the native language, getting people back to their native language. I'm Cherokee, uh, part Cherokee, and I've never had the opportunity yet to get back into my roots. I will one day. But getting back to the native language heals the cells deep within the body. And... I think the most powerful place that I saw that happen was in New Zealand where the Maori have they have their school set up now where they they that's all they teach only their language and these children are amazing. They are amazing what they are doing. And so in other cultures, such in, as in Hawaii, we have immersion schools, and, and those kids are pretty dynamic too. And and um, I'm excited to see that happen all over the world. Get back to your language, whatever that language is. And And with that being said, there is one language that everybody speaks. No matter where I've gone in the world, there's one language that everyone understands. And that is the language of love. In Bali, I was working with a woman that had a stroke, massive stroke, 10 years ago. And she was paralyzed. And her husband carried her in to see me. And I had him hold her up so she was standing. And I looked into her eyes and I saw her light and I just 
loved her. Not a word was said. And she smiled. And then I had her come back every day. And she started uttering sounds and making noises. So I knew we were making process or, you know, progress. And then one day I go in to where she was lying down and I went to walk away and she said, man, oh man, oh man, because that's one of my little sayings I do. And I turned around and I said, you're talking. And she started laughing. And her husband started crying. And everybody in the whole room just we all just started crying. As she she got it. And when the acupuncturist asked me, she said, How did you how did you do that? I've worked with that woman for ten years. What did you do? And I said, I loved her. I just loved her. And I saw in her eyes, I saw that light that she forgot about. And she remembered it. And she was walking by the time I left. Oh. Yeah. It's amazing work. Yeah, it's beautiful. So would you like to go ahead and take a call? I've got a woman um, on the line who wants to know if you can help her about quitting smoking like we were talking about. Okay, great. Okay. Hello, Janina. Hi, love. Hi, Valerie. Hello, Janina. How are you? Yes. Well, my my issue it's like it's been kind. You've been kind of answering it as we I've been listening to the show and everything. And um, well, I've got the teeth. I don't know if I can get them over here. I'm in Mexico, Tijuana, and okay. I'm gonna try to see if I can get them in San Diego over there. And um, what I also wanted to know is, like, how can I – I've been getting this energy all over me, and I feel a lot of love. Mm. And it started with myself first. Like, I've been realizing that I'm the most important thing that I should be taking care of so I can do that towards other you know, mm-hmm. just helping them, and but sometimes I feel like I'm not being able to join in the groups because it's so much that I get from them, and then I get really not depressed, but I feel my energy going low, and I don't know how to recharge it. I I've been I've been doing um, drinking water. Um, uh, having a little bit of sea salt and the breathing techniques and a lot of positive meditation. But still, I feel that I can't get, I don't know if because of the changes in energies uh, have been producing a lot of, you know, bringing, bringing me out of focus. So I was wondering if you can help me on that. Great, Janine. Janina, that's a beautiful name. Um, Thank you. Yes. So you have tapped into what most people search their whole life for, and that is that you have tapped into the energy of love. And with your stopping your smoking, you're going to be more sensitive because that barrier of the smoke will allow the vibrations of 
love to come into your being. Yet what we do in our lives, or I have found I have done this, is that when I am in a social circle, I for some reason think that other people need me to help them heal. And that for some reason I think that they don't have what it takes to heal. So when I'm in a circle, I start to get drained because I'm giving them the energy, right? And Uh so what I have learned to do is when I look at or when I'm sitting in a group, I look at every person in that group and I try to say it out loud. I see that you have everything you need in your wholeness, in your beauty. And it encourages them to rise up so that I don't have to try and pull them up, right? Okay, uh-huh. The other well, thing... Uh, mm-hmm. Please. So, like, I'm going to give an example. Like, at okay. noon, when I'm in my car in the mornings before going into work, I do my meditation and everything. So as soon as I walk in the door, I start sensing them. And I'm like... I try not to look at anybody. I just go to my locker and try to get my things so I could go and prepare myself. And then um, as soon as I'm in the room where everybody's doing their own thing, I just, you know, I may start working with two uh, coworkers and it starts. And I keep quiet. I just keep quiet and I listen. And in myself, I'm just trying, sending them, you know, love and light, you know, very quietly and but I sense how they are feeling, and then when we start talking, you know, we start we start with work, and then it goes to, well, I'm feeling this, and I don't feel, you know, and I try to give them hints of how they should be feeling better, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, mm-hmm. and it goes from then to another, and then coming back, like, from lunch and things like that, and even to the end of the day, as soon as I walk out of the building, I just start breathing. Oh, I start breathing, or every time that I get my breaks, because I sense them very much. Right. And I'm not afraid of them, but still, I'm, like, trying, I'm not trying to be by myself, but I'm not trying to also let their negativity Again, in my in my energy, right. So, mm-hmm. from what you're telling me, you sound like you're an, more of an empathetic type of person. You feel things, and mm-hmm. very strongly you feel them. And you said a very important thing. You said you're sending love and light. Okay. Yes. Now, make a note of this. What you're going to start doing is when you mm-hmm. see your coworkers, and just pick one. Okay. Just mm-hmm. practice with one. What you're going to do is you are going to sense, however you're going to sense it, that this person is already love and light. Okay. That you don't okay. have to send it, uh-huh. that they already are. Okay. I and as it. you do that, no matter what that person is, there isn't a person out there that isn't love and light. I've sat with mass murderers, 
and I've been able to see the goodness in them. I've been able to see the love and the light within them. They have a heck of a story to tell that why they've become a mass murderer or whatever. And that's where behaviors, we have to discern between behaviors and who the person truly is and who all people truly are is love and light. Okay. Got it. I think, and you know what, Valerie, I think that's how I started smoking because before I left my other job where where I'm at right now and before the other one, it started with the craving, the smoking. I had left it like nine years prior to that, and it was like instead of having chocolate, it was like I would tell my coworkers from my last job, you know what, I'm I'm craving a cigarette. Is anybody smoking? And they would go, no. And I would it, I would work with just all ladies, you know, and nobody would smoke. Uh, even at lunchtime or any any time like that during the day, and um, it started. It started slowly. I picked one, and from then I didn't stop. But it was all the changes they were coming, and that yeah, was and my that barrier. Now I realized it. Smoking is such a great tool for putting up a smoke screen. It's a protector, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but I think that. I don't know what your history is in your life, but I'm sure you've had some kind of traumas throughout life. And and I know for myself, I notice that I tend to look at the negative things instead of the positive things in people. And so as I have constantly tried to retrain myself so I only see the goodness in things, then all that really happens in my life is good. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I look at the opportunities instead of the problems. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's what I've and, been working on a lot. And and I'm sensing that you have, as the empathist, is actually and and just the essence of your being. You don't really have to do anything. All you really have to do is just show up and be, because it permeates. You've got it. You have the energy of love. You you don't have to do anything. You just get to show up. So show up, eat well, exercise, get outside, play, laugh, have fun, because you are the medicine that helps people feel better just by the essence of your being. Okay. We'll do that. I will keep on practicing all that you said. And thank you very much. And many blessings, okay? Thank you, Michael. You're welcome, dear. Many blessings. Mm, That's sweet. Now, what, um, I have someone in our chat room wanted to know what teas would be good to help quit smoking? Well, it depends what kind of uh, constitution that you have. And I find that I have a cold constitution. I get cold easily. So I like warming teas. And when I quit smoking, I did a lot of peppermint. The peppermint kept my mouth satisfied. If you have a really hot uh, kind of temperament, uh, a spicy personality, chamomile is probably a, a lot better. It will calm and and soothe and it's a little more cooling 
So having that the flavor in your mouth as well as those herbs, both of those herbs will help with uh, um, addiction as well. Yeah. Cool. Both teas that I like. Great. Great. Yes. And and everybody does herbs are are chemicals and they affect people differently. So like if I take chamomile, I get speeded up, and if I take peppermint, it calms me down. And in the books, it says that peppermint's supposed to speed you up and chamomile's supposed to slow you down. Know that that's not true for everybody. And but when you go to a store and let's say that you're in the tea aisle, trust your intuition. It will never lead you astray. And it's the voice that says, pick that one. And then it's, then you pick the box and you go, oh, no, 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 no. That's the ego coming in, the no, 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 let's do this one. And then ego gets a big story around it, but the intuition is the one that says, yeah, right? And that's our higher self. And that's the child as well. Or if the box jumps out off the shelf, you know, it's like, you better pay attention to it, right? Yep. And and it does. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's trying to get your attention, and we ignore those uh, those at times. And and I find that the universe will usually give me one little heads up, and then if I don't pay attention, it'll give me another one. But if I hear something, or I see something, or if three is is my magic number. So if I hear something three times, I know I better be doing something about it, you know? And um, so that's one of my rules of of thumb that I play with. It's like, and the universe will do it. I am getting not so hard-headed as I used to be, though. It's like, okay, the universe is saying do this. I better do this, right? I better have this tea, or I better have this piece of fruit, and like the other day, a client was telling me that they were taking the herbs and they were they were working with another doctor and they were supposed to go back to the doctor and had this whole protocol. And she said, gosh, that morning I just didn't want to take my herbs. And the last week I haven't wanted to take those herbs. So she gets to the doctor, they do the testing, and they find out that she's on a, she needs a completely different set of herbs. And the patient says, you know, I knew they weren't right for me. And we do. We all know. We all know. We just have to trust that. Trust that voice. Trust that that voice or that vision or that feeling that we're getting of what our truth is. Cool. Yeah, I know uh, at our center I've, we have a huge, um, you know, I call it huge, but compared to my suppliers, we have a little over 100 uh, different herbs, and I try to get organic. For you. I figure if you're going to go ahead and use the herbs, you don't need to have any chemicals in them. So um, it's kind of interesting being here in Florida, especially when it starts getting warm. So um, I go ahead and I make sure that I freeze uh, in a deep freezer all the herbs, and uh, because they're organic and you can get little insects in them. Yeah, yeah, I found that in Hawaii, uh, and actually my granola. One day I'm working with a client about four o'clock in the morning. It was dark in Hawaii. And um, I'm sitting there eating my granola, and I'm like, God, I, I don't remember there being little black things in my granola. And I'm like, but it tastes good. 
Yep. And I'm just about done with the granola, and then I turn on the light, and wow, it was full of ants. And I went, oh, my God. So from then on, I kept everything in the freezer, and especially my, my bulk herbs. Yep. Yeah, that's what I do. Is, um, yeah, I go ahead and I uh, deep freeze everything, and uh, and that goes ahead when you put them in a deep freezer. It kills whatever eggs may be in there from insects. That's true. That's so true. I go ahead and do that, and I can always tell when my supplier doesn't do that. They said they do, but then all of a sudden I start seeing little bugs. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't freeze this back. So I go ahead and put them in there, and um, but I try to go ahead and make sure that all the herbs we have are organic, and we're actually going to be adding more on. One of my distributors has over three thousand herbs and spices. Wow, that's wonderful. So, so we're going to be adding a lot more, and we have uh, herbal teas as well. So. Um, you know, we're going to be, all, you know, having them online and available, but I definitely like the organics. Yes, I agree. I agree. It may cost a little bit more right now, but in the long run, it's better better for the body, for sure. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I buy them in bulk, so that's where then I can go ahead and, um, you know, put them in smaller packages and, you know, save save some money for everybody. Yeah, but you try to make it, uh Try to make it where it's affordable for them. I know right now it's kind of hard to do, and um, and I tell everyone because I'm not a doctor, I don't prescribe. Right. Um, you know the herbs. You know here's what herbs. You know the herbs can do, and I always tell everyone. You know contact the doctor. Mm-hmm. Ask people. Um, you know they come in with. You know they're like well, I'm on these medications and all, and they want to try different herbal teas because we have some tea blends that we get from a distributor, and I'll go ahead. I said look. I said to be on the safe side, let me make a photocopy of this. And I put the label down and what it says we have, you know, of the different herbs that are in there. I said, ask your doctor if any of these herbs would counteract with any of your medications. Yeah. And they've gone ahead and, um, you know, they've come back in or they're like, nope, the doctor says I can't go ahead and do this. So we, uh, But uh, the doctor says, you know, these other herbs are okay for me. Yeah. So, I'm glad you're doing thing, that. Yeah, and that's one thing I, I do for them. Like, well, you know, and I get some people like, well, you know, you can't prescribe us. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. I said, I can give you the information. I said, but I always recommend to everyone, you know, go check with a doctor. I said, a lot of um, a lot of pharmaceuticals are learning now what herbs will uh, will and won't interact with mm-hmm. medications. Yeah, they've come a long way on that. Do you know what the number one herb for uh, drug interactions is in America? No, which one? Nope. Coffee. Oh, wow. Yeah, it has the most drug interactions, uh, not beneficial drug interactions, than any other herb that we've studied so far. And so I was working, do work in the ER sometimes, and um, that's where we see, and you've probably heard it yourself or know stories of this, people go to the hospital, they get the drug, they get medicated one whatever drug and and then they have a serious side effect. Well, if we look at the coffee that someone has drank throughout the day and then they go in and they get a certain medication, then this coffee, the caffeine, the co- the actual chemicals in the coffee, the methylxanthines and other other chemicals react with that medication and that's where a lot of sickness comes from. And we don't even think about that, usually. Wow, yeah. 
And I never really, uh, you know, even uh, thought about coffee as being an herb. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and and it's highly beneficial. We use it for especially enemas. It's a great uh, coffee enemas are great in uh, or coffee uh, in clemas and things like that to pull the toxins out of the um, out of the liver. Oh wow! Through the colon. And that's the only time I've ever prescribed coffee is is a coffee enema. And um, but if we think about uh, one of the questions I ask, how much coffee do you drink? Well, I only drink a cup a day. What size is your cup? Like in certain parts of the world, a cup of coffee is one of those super mugs from the you know Seven Eleven store. They're they're like you know two quarts. Right, and that's a cup of coffee. And then if you go putting other medications with that, that that can cause serious problems. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting on there. Cause, you know, I know a lot of times the uh, different herbs can counteract with people, and and I've actually stayed away from coffee. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that there maybe are some coffees out there that are supposed to be beneficial, but from my personal experience, um, it depletes the adrenal, the, the adrenal glands, and um, people tend to use it as an upper, especially at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when the adrenals are so low, and then it actually depletes the adrenals even more. And so it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to uh, drink, um, you know, drink tea and uh, definitely a lot more water. Good for you. Yeah. And what kind of water are you doing? Um, I try to get uh, the distilled water. Mm-hmm. And because um, down here in Florida, the water is nasty anyway, so. Do they have spring water down there? Yes. Do that, um, Reverend Michael. It will be better for your body. It actually will have the minerals from the rocks that the water goes over. And distilled water, actually, there's some interesting research showing that distilled water will actually pull the minerals and the vitamins out of your uh, body because it's not balanced. When we distill it, we take all that out. So... It's an interesting concept, and I know from myself watching, um, what is that gentleman, the man from Japan, Dr. Emoto, and his pictures of the water, right? You can see the difference between distilled water and spring water. It's quite significant. Yeah, yeah I never, you never realized it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're constantly learning. You know, I learned something two days ago that I'd like to share. A lot of us use feathers in our medicine, like on our altars, uh, feathers from an eagle or a a bird or something. Uh Those also will get bugs. And my friend Nicole just showed me the other day, she had this beautiful uh, fan that was, I don't know what kind of a, a bird it was, but it was beautiful. Some shaman had given it to her, and she took it out of the freezer, 
And she said, I got to do that every once in a while because here in California, the bugs get in there and they start eating the feathers. And then if you're using it as medicine, such as using with sage, you're passing the eggs and things like that on to people. So it's always a good idea to put your feathers in the freezer every once in a while to kill the bugs. I never thought of that. Yeah, I hadn't either. I carry my my feathers with me and never done it. So I did. And um I'm glad I have that tool now, you know, it's a had never thought about it. Cool. Well how about we go ahead and um I'll take another call here if you can Fabulous. and uh help help Teresa. Hello, Teresa dear. Hello. Hi Doctor Valerie, it's Teresa. Hi Teresa. Hey. So my question is about weight loss. I got ill several years ago and gained a lot of weight, and no matter how much I diet or exercise, it just doesn't seem to come off. Okay. What did you get sick with? Um, I had an aneurysm and two strokes. Okay. Okay. And um, do you know, have they done thyroid tests on you? They have. And how and it that... always comes out um, that it's it's you know within normal limits. Great. Well, the first thing that comes up for me, Teresa, is that the thyroid isn't working properly, well, and I'm going to share some information that about 25 years ago, when I first started in medicine, our normals and blood tests were diff- different than they are today. And what they do when they do lab testing is they find, they go to the middle part of the United States and they find a group of people and they do blood tests and then they set up the normals based on this middle, this set of people. Well, if you are in the middle part of the United States, you know that that's the breadbasket of the United States so that if you look at the United States in a whole, the healthier people are on the outskirt of the Florida, the coast, you know, California, right? Yeah, and I had the, the heavier. And people I was in the middle. healthy before I got sick. Right, and I'm going to show you what has probably happened with you. So, your tests are showing that your thyroid's working right because that's what the lab tests show now, right? But mm-hmm. 25 years ago. We had different normals to follow, okay? But you've had an aneurysm, two two strokes, which has affected your hypothalamus and your pituitary function. Those are in your brain, okay? Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with where they are in your brain? Vaguely. Okay. Well, when you get off this, you can go to an anatomy book and take a peek. Look at look at what we call the endocrine system. So you've got your hypothalamus, your pituitary, then you have your pineal, which is what we call your first eye or your third eye. Okay? Yeah. And then we have our thyroid, our parathyroid, our thymus, our ovaries, and our adrenals and the pancreas. Okay? Well what happens with the stroke is that everything in the brain kind of gets Um, squished and moved around and stressed. And so as I'm sensing, 
what has happened in your brain is things are still stressed in there. So what you want to do is you want to, a, a, a good tool will be to bring light. What's your favorite color light? Um, Like purple or blue. Of course, purple, spiritual color, right? And I would sense that you're um, connected to some amazing beings on other dimensions, yes? I try to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see them there. Um, so what you do is you visualize, you sense, you smell, you taste a purple light in your brain. And start off really gently with yourself and just let it permeate out into your brain, okay? Then what you do is you go to your hypothalamus, which is the master gland, and you just give it a little more light, a little more of that purple light. And then you come to your pituitary, which is right underneath that, and give it a little more light in your pineal, and then bring that beautiful violet light, bring that down to your throat where your thyroid is, and bring that light. Good job. And then you bring it to your chest where your thymus is, and then your ovaries, and your adrenals, which are up above your their little hat that sits on your kidneys on your back, your lower back. And then what you do is you fill your whole body with this light. Okay? And as you're doing that, what I want you to know is that you are safe with the gifts that you have. From my experience working with people that have had strokes, they are open more than, quote, a normal person. And they receive more spiritual information now. They become much more psychic and more aware. And they maybe have more trouble talking or walking or all those things that we do on the other levels of existence, but you're more evolved, if I may say, on a spiritual level. And exactly. as I'm saying, what were you going to say? Oh, I said exactly. Yeah, That's yeah, exactly and as right. I see that, I see a whole universe, this whole dimension that you are just they're just right there with you, and and that beautiful purple light is just full of information that the people need here, and that's partly why you've had this stroke is because you're being used as an instrument to bring messages of hope and love and purity and um, gratitude, and it just goes on to the people now. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes. So as you know that it's safe, Teresa, you can start letting go of the weight that's been keeping you safe because it's hard to understand what's 
what's gone on when you've not had the real, you've known, but you've not really had that cheerleader saying, yes, this is your truth. Yes? Exactly. Yeah, I've been doing so now, it all my I'm saying, yes, this is your truth. You can let the weight go. And as you bring that that light, and the light will change every day, work with the light. Bring it into your endocrine system. Your endocrine system will, it will purr like a kitten. And then the weight will fall off on a physiological level, on a physical level, but the emotional level has been huge for you. And now yeah. it's about knowing it is safe for you to be who you are, Teresa. It is safe. And we are here, Reverend Michael and I are here tonight witnessing you that it is safe for you to be you. Thank you. Thank you. And so it is. And so it is. Yeah. So does that help? <laughs> Thank you, Doc. That was awesome. That is. That's good stuff. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye, Miss. I'm going to listen in. Okay, cool. dear, I'll go ahead and I'll mute you. That was good. Yes. So you, um, so you don't have a clinic anymore that you actually work through? No. Wherever I am is where I am. I have given everything away, and I carry a very small backpack, and uh, just go where I go. Right now I'm staying with some uh, friends of mine. They've given me a house to live in and, um, you know, um, live very simple. And and I come to service wherever I am, whenever, whatever spirit wants. That's what I do. And... Uh, but my clinic that I set up, they set up for me in Samoa was on the most amazing beach in the whole wide world. It was really fun and uh, magical. But, yeah. So um, how could uh, people uh, get a hold of you for um, any type of sessions? I think the best way is my email. That's something that stays stable no matter where I am in the world. And that is Dr. Valerie Simonson. That's D R V A L E R I E S I M O N S E N at gmail dot com. And uh, no matter where I am in the world, Skype has become my best friend. It just is so great. I can be in Thailand working with people there and working with someone in New Zealand on Skype. It's so great. And uh, if I feel that there's lab tests that need to be done, I encourage a a physician of some type, depending what country it is. Um, But most countries now I've got a, a support team set up. If I need something, I can ask the other doctors to do what I feel needs to be done. And uh, they'll order blood tests and things like that for me, and then they send the results to my email, and then I can review it, and then I can tell the patient what I think needs to be done on that level. But like what we just had the opportunity to do with Teresa, and thank you, Teresa, for having the courage to call in and and exposing yourself in this way, is that 
the healing can be done that quickly. And Teresa did receive that that type of a healing because she's willing to show up, and that takes great courage. I, yeah, I'm learning to use Skype in a new way as well. We're actually going to be having different psychics and mediums um, Skyping into our psychic fairs. That's awesome. So uh, Spirit told me to use modern technology to uh, its fullest extent, and uh, somebody mentioned that. I'm like, hmm, never thought of doing that. So we're going to set up another computer and have one of the many guests we have on um, you know, who, who want to do participate in this. They're going to mm-hmm. go ahead and Skype in. We're going to do Skype to Skype, and someone comes in for a reading. They'll sit in front of the computer, put the headsets on, and go ahead and get a reading that way. Yeah, yeah it's great. My Skype name is Doc Val ND. It's D-O-C-V-A-L-N is in Nancy, D is in doctor. And it that is one of the greatest tools. I, I've kind of rejected it for many years and um, because I don't think it's, it's all that private and I'm a physician and I really want to keep things as private as possible for people. But I do know now it, there's nothing that's private anymore. They, you know, it. It is going to be what it's going to be. So um, it's a great tool. Great tool. Yeah, it definitely is, and I'm looking forward to uh, to working with that. And uh-huh. uh, Teresa gave me an idea. She said, I maybe should have you Skype in sometime. Oh, that would be really fun. Yeah, that would be really fun. Yeah, I can uh, go ahead and uh, you know hand out flyers and let people know, and have a certain day where you you know you Skype in for a little while and uh, can help people out with uh, with their homeopathic. Uh, questions. That would be great. That would that would really be wonderful. I'd I'd love doing that. Yeah, yeah. I was doing a interview. I think this morning for something, and uh, I realized that most of my life, my my passion has been to volunteer, to help, just to serve, and. Um, it just bites up my my belly, you know. Like that few moments with Teresa, I know, I not I know not only that she received what she needed to receive, but as she does, as she shows up in the world, it heals the world, you know. As I tell people, you're not doing this for yourself; you're doing this for the world, and it and that's what's happening. Is everybody everywhere is 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 healing we're we're learning how to live yes and oh, yeah. um and from my experience out there in the world it is wonderful it is so wonderful and there is so much love and there is so much peace and uh we just need to focus on that yes how about we go ahead and we'll take one more caller. I believe he's from the California area as well. Okay. Hello, Kevin. Yes, 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 yes. How are you? Uh, doing great. How are you, young man? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Couldn't be better. Good. So how can Dr. Valerie help you? So let's find out what your take is on why it is or has been so difficult for me to quit smoking. Mm. Well, first of all, hi, Kevin. Hello, how are you? (laughs) 
I'm glad to be talking with you. I want to ask you, first of all, what's your passion? My passion? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's helping other people. Always has been. It's what? Helping other people. Helping Helping people develop in their life, yeah. Okay, helping other people. Great. And when did you first notice that you had this gift in helping others? Oh, five years old. Okay. Great. So five years old, you would have been what? Kindergarten? Uh, Around there, I suppose. Yeah? How old are you now, may I ask? Sure, 40. Okay, so you probably would have had kindergarten, right? Yeah, I I suppose. I'm not sure. I don't remember if I was going to kindergarten when I was five or not. It would have been pretty close, though. Yeah. Well, let's just go back to when you were five years old, okay? Mm -hmm. And notice what it was like for you as that young boy in a social situation, and you were helping people. How did that make that little five-year-old feel? Um, I avoided it. Because? I didn't like what happened. And what happened, Kevin? I was developing my understanding of what was going on inside of me as I was around people. And so, would you willing to share that with us? Uh, okay, I started communication with my guides at about five years old. I know. I'm, yeah, I know where you're going. <laughs> but, um, and at that point, I did not like the... I didn't like the interaction. I didn't find myself to be um, as little and young and as stupid as they would make me out to be. They as in? The other adults, or the adults. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I didn't deal with my my siblings or equal age relatives. Sure. Sure. So if you would have been born in a culture where your gifts would have been honored, such as I'm going to bring in the Dalai Lama right now, okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They knew, whoever they is, they mm-hmm. knew that he was a special one. And they right. went out and they found him, right? Because he was right. born in a normal family. But they found right. him. And then they took him away from the family, his family and put him in the temple where he was surrounded by those that supported his gift. Mm-hmm. That's not what you got. Oh, no, 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 not even close. No, no. But today you have a choice of who you want in your circle. Oh, absolutely. And who you want in your temple. And I'm going to ask you to go back when you were five and bring that little boy to the present moment right now. And I want you to 
imagine that you're right here in this temple, and this temple is created, and there's these amazing people there. There's Reverend Michael. There's me. There's all these masters, all of these beings of deep dimensions. There's Teresa. There's Jenanine. There's all these amazing people that know that you are normal and they support you in that. And that this temple is golden in color. It's gold on the inside and it's gold on the outside. And it smells like lavender. And there's sounds of laughter. And it's warm and it's safe. And you have the little boy there, and you're there right now with him. Okay? Uh-huh. How does that feel to you? Tell me what you sense. Calm and easy. Great. Now what I want you to do is take a cigarette and give it to the little five-year-old. And what oh. happens? No, I won't even do it. Okay. Now, try and give yourself one and see what happens. Interesting. What happens? I refuse to take it. Thank you. You did it. Interesting. Yeah. Now what I want you to do is take that little boy, okay? Uh-huh. And I want you to take him in your arms and tell him you're sorry. For poisoning. Let him, yeah. yeah. Hmm. And now I want you to feel the heartbeat of that little boy. Okay? Mm-hmm. You feel it? Mm-hmm. Now I want you to feel your heartbeat. You got it? So that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I want you to feel the heartbeat of the Aina, the Mother Earth. And what do you notice? about those three heartbeats. Rhythm. Yeah. They're all the same, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome home. It's wow. Safe. You're safe. You're done. Interesting. Yeah. Now you can take that money that you've been spending on cigarettes, Okay. And buy booze. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) You could. I was going to say, do something really fun. I would encourage encourage you to be around children. Okay? Mm -hmm. In some way, support children with some of those finances that you've been spending on the cigarettes. Go and help a child. A child that was like you when you were little because that will heal all those aspects of you 
that didn't get the the needs that you had, you're going to heal through that little that little boy. That really is you because we are all one. Mhm. Yeah. Very nice. That is nice. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Yay. Yay. So is that a good help for you? Yeah. It makes sense in more ways than one. Yeah, you sound so much stronger and more present. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. My pleasure. It was fantastic. We'll have to talk soon, Michael. Yes, give me a call. You got my number. Yeah, you got mine, too. Okay, yeah, I see it here on the screen. You've had mine. Don't act like you haven't. Yeah, I know. I still and have yes, everybody, I'm changing my trash can. Okay. We'll talk to you again real soon, Kevin. Take care. Okay, bye. Thanks, Kevin. So I had some people in, uh want to know, where in California are you? Right now I'm in Fallbrook, which is east of San Diego. Uh, about an hour east of San Diego. Nice. Yeah. Well, how about we take one more last call here and see who we can awesome. help out. Okay. Hi, Nancy. You're on the air. Nancy? Got to find her. Got to find her. Yep. No, she's Hi, in there. Hi, can you hear me? Yep. Hello? We can hear you now. Hello? Hello, Okay, Nancy. thank you. I'm sorry. I forgot to... Hi, good evening. Um, my question is this. Okay, yes? I Yep. Go ahead. Okay. Uh my question is this. I um had some problems for many years that were a result of um taking a toxic over the counter product. Not just myself, but tens of thousands of other people in the country. And the symptoms have started out like a flu like symptoms that never went away and then became um affected the neurological system. Um and over the years I've I've done many different things uh from journaling to um doing, you know, examining my childhood situation. Um I've always kind of eaten well, but you know, even getting more specific about eating well. And I recently did a treatment called hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And I feel like it's really boosted the immune system. I'm just at this point finished the sessions, and I understand the healing will continue for another four to six weeks. Um, And my only concern when I finished was my cognitive because that had been thrown off as well. Mm -hmm. And um, just knowing that maybe the oxygen also helped the brain because – that's kind of what my question is about. And the question is, is what? Um, yeah. So my question is, um, I I just wanted, I don't know if you pick up on things, but okay. if the healing will also continue to affect the brain so that the cognitive okay. uh, will come into alignment where it needs to be. Okay. Great. Okay. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. So the first thing that I got with you, Nancy, is you are big. You are, your spirit is so massive. Um, 
when I heard your name and you were trying to connect and everything, it was like, oh, my God, this woman is so um, magnificent, so uh, powerful isn't the word. It's just that you're so big, pervasive. And um, um, and and I'm talking on a spiritual level, yes. And yes. So the first thing that came to me when you told me that you had been poisoned was that we in homeopathy we have this thing it's called a no sold, where we actually take the the product, whatever caused the disease, and then we make a homeopathic from it, and then you take it. And I'm going to encourage you to um, contact me on my email, and, and I can show you how to do that. We can talk another time on how to do that, and then you actually take the medicine that caused the problem, and it will heal all of the problems. Okay? You won't have to try to mm-hmm. figure out what needs to be done because you're actually... In homeopathy, like treats like. If you got stung by a bee, we give you a bee venom. Mm-hmm. Make yes. Right? Have you done I've heard of that. Folks? Yes, I am familiar. Okay. Have um, you done no, the, the reason being is um, the reason being is that they were never able to really find out what the toxic product. Uh, it wasn't specific because it was um, well. For example, it was all tryptophan, but it's made from a bacteria. And it, there was um, basically what they did was decided to try to get a greater yield um, in manufacturing without testing it first. And so um, when they were found out, uh, it was outside. It was made outside of the United States. When they found out, they basically shredded all of their documents and closed the factory. So um, that in the United States, like the Mayo Clinic, they try to decipher exactly what went wrong, and they were unable to do that because they didn't have all of the information. So do you happen to have a pill of that left over? No, this happens a good while ago, no. When I took it, um, I had taken it years prior. It of itself is not a problem, but the way it was manufactured is a problem. And so um, when I initially took it, I finished the bottle and I tossed it because I had taken it prior, two years prior, and I never had any problems with it. So when I began to have strange symptoms, I never suspected it. Um, It took me quite a while to get the information to make the connection. So in that case where we we can't get the specimen, what we can do is make a no-sode of your body. And when I was critically ill, that's what my naturopath did. Everything we were doing just wasn't working. She had me take a sample of every orifice that I had, so mouth, ears, anus, vagina, everything, and we took a little swab, mm-hmm. and then we made a homeopathic of that, and then they, then I took that. And I know that was one of the primary okay. things that did keep me alive. And I can show you how to do that. That might be something that would be helpful. Okay. Really sensing homeopathy is going to be beneficial for you. Will your cognitive function return? I don't think it's going to return like you knew it because you've been limiting yourself in this lifetime. I think that you are so wise and so brilliant and so 
magnificent that if you go back to the old you, you're just not mm-hmm. gonna. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be happy. You're not gonna be. You're not gonna be really um, fulfilled. But if you are willing to come up to the plate and really acknowledge the magnificence of yourself, and I'm sensing the gifts that you have will help many people. Yet there's this part of you that is just still retracting and saying, I, I can't do it or I don't know if I can do it or whatever. I'm just going to encourage you to know that it isn't you that's doing it. It's the, it's your essence. You just have to be the vehicle that it works through. Does that make sense? Okay, so the part of me that's retracting is my essence that doesn't want to be that magnificent, if I understand you correctly. You know, that essence, is afraid to let the power come through. The essence is, and it's the it's the physical body. It's your it's your psyche. It's your oh. uh, it's your tapes. <laughs> it's your fear. Of yeah, you know, it's interesting because before this happened. Um, people used to say to me all the time, you're so vivacious, you're so bright, you're so vivacious. And then this happened, and it wasn't that I wanted to curtail myself, it was that I was forced to curtail myself. And um, sometimes there are things in life when people are really big, there are, I don't like duality, but I must say that there's, Sometimes there's other energies out there that aren't all that highly beneficial. And when there mm-hmm. are beings that are these brilliant lights, there are other beings that would like to have that light. Or there's jealousy and someone sends out a little energy, which we would call a curse, you know, to try to diminish someone. Mm-hmm. And I sensed that there was that that interference with you, and so um, I I really I I'm going to encourage you to use art because you got to bypass your brain, okay? And and mm-hmm. and if as you start drawing the pictures. Painting, painting would be really good because I think some things will come out of the paint, some pictures will come out of the paint because your mind really wants to try and control things. And um, yeah. And as the picture comes out, I think you're going to get an understanding of what it is that you really have to offer the the world, which is your essence, and it is so magnificent. It's just so sterling and so. Um, like the word you use, vivacious is 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 an underestimate of what 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 is possible. So, um, I I like what you're doing with the 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 chamber and all of that, and um, you you will get better and better, but your cognitive function won't go back to what it was because that's not what you're meant here to do, not to be this brainer person. It's about you're supposed to it's 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 beyond that. Hello? 
Are you there? Oh, and yes. Uh, for some reason, you, you blo- yeah, you broke up. Uh, not to, be, I'm not supposed to be a brainy person. I'm supposed no, to be. No, it's, it's beyond that. It's beyond okay, the brain. Beyond, okay, beyond being. So <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and I did do art before and found it really beneficial. I did do drawing and I did really find it beneficial. Yeah, and then when you're doing that. Make sure, Nancy, that you're dropping down into your belly, down into your heart, down into your, down into your guts. Really sensing down in your guts, and that's something that that drug probably affected was your digestion. So, have you done a good dose of really good probiotics to reestablish your gut flora? Mm-hmm. Do it again. Yes. Okay. Do it. Okay for six weeks and get the best that you can afford and do it three times a day okay. and get that gut repaired and then let that, the I'm sensing this is like deep in your bowels, so let that art come out from there and then and then your essence is going to be free. But there definitely is that toxic layer that's over things and, and it's got to, you got to come up to the plate. It's like you know, the bases are loaded, and we need you to get everybody home. And all those people on the base mm-hmm. is you, okay? And I know you can do this mm-hmm. because you have mm-hmm. the the fortitude, the essence. The, you have it. You can do it. Yeah. Yes, I decided to make my way back, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, and, and that's are, why I decided to call in the show. And you are okay. back. You okay. are back. Now you want to bring the physical body back, too. You want to bring the emotional body, the spiritual body, all into alignment. But you've got to understand that you are so much bigger than your body. You are so much bigger than your mind could ever imagine. And how do we even put that into our minds that are so linear and calculating that you can't? And that's where you just got to let go of that. Just let it go. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, this has been and, very helpful. Yeah, and when you find out what it is, I don't know if there's even words for it, but there's definitely pictures for it, and you can sell them for big money. Put it out on the market. you got some good medicine there, Nancy, really good medicine. Share it with the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. You're an angel. Hey, you are too. Thank good night, you. Nancy. Thank you. Good night, Okay. So um, I was also asked, too, is where can everyone find your books at? Okay, there's one book that's out. It's the only one that's out published right now. And uh, it's called, uh, we have a website. It's more. So it's H-O-K-N-O-W-M-O-R-E. Ho No More, and that's also available on Amazon. Okay. And my other books are right now not out on the market yet. Well, they need to be. I know. I know. I'm in the process of getting that all done. And then I'm just in the process of getting my show pitched out. And we used to have a show. It's called The Doctor is In, and it's exactly what you're doing only I did it from that we have the healing power inside of ourselves. And because I'm a doctor, I called it the doctor is in. 
but the doctor is inside of you. And so that show is going to be pitched out. It's Actually, I just put the pitch out the other day. So uh, we should be seeing that out there in the world. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. It's going to be so fun. So, well, it's definitely been a very enjoyable evening. Thank you. I've enjoyed it too, Michael. And hopefully we can go ahead and get you back on here again. That would be great. That would be really fun. I would appreciate that. And thanks for everything that you're doing for the world and the herbs that you have at the clinic and all the things that you're doing. I, I looked at your website. I'm I'm very impressed. It's You're doing a great job there. Well, thank you. I'm only doing what the Spirit's telling me to do and where I'm being led to do it at. And you've got a good team because it's what you're doing is you can see that you've got a good team. So that's I respect that. Well, thank you, and uh, I'm glad you are definitely able to go ahead and join us tonight. Uh, open our eyes to a lot of uh, a lot of uh, possibilities on how to go ahead and get back to nature and uh, helping to treat what is uh, bothering us the most. And it's been very interesting and enlightening. Thank you. You as well. Well, and you have yourself else. you have yourself a wonderful evening. Thank you. You and too. We'll, I'm gonna uh, probably gonna be going to bed real soon, so. Good for you. It's been a long day already, but uh, we'll definitely talk again real soon. I look forward to that day, Reverend Michael. Many blessings, dear. Aloha. Aloha. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for joining in. And don't forget, visit BeTheLightMetaphysicalCenter.com. And uh, lots of great opportunities coming up. And if everyone's been wondering about my super smokes that I've been making, uh, it'll be available online. Uh, it's going to be in the 10 to $15 range, and you get like an ounce and a quarter of it. You get it in a little plastic jar, the whole bit, so it'll be nice little packaging for you. But it's hard grinding up these resins. So, um, you know, just getting it just right, and I've been burning some of it, and it's like a little bit definitely goes a long way. So, and like I said, it's got uh, frankincense, myrrh, white copal, and um, dragon's blood in it. So, a nice little combination to really uh, cleanse out the energies and do some protection. So, But don't forget to sign up for the newsletter as well. And uh, over here on Facebook, uh, I mean, on Facebook, you can find us on Facebook too. Um, and go ahead and please like us on Facebook because uh, by April 1st, we get um, uh, more. I think we need like 70-something more likes on there. Uh, we go ahead and get like $100 in advertising. So, you know, every little bit helps. But uh, word of mouth is better than any price of advertising. So go ahead and let your friends know. It's like, hey, check them out. And if you're in the uh, Newport Ritchie area, check us out twice a month. Psychic Fair, the second and fourth Saturday of the month. We're going to be having people calling in via Skype to participate in this. So lots of great changes. So uh, visit us at uh, 5919 Trouble Creek Road in Newport Ritchie. Never know what the Spirit's going to say, so I uh, look forward to talking to everybody. And don't forget, tune in tomorrow night for another phenomenal show. So until then, everyone, if you haven't heard it yet today, know, know that you are loved because God loves you and so do I. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>